Welcome, everybody, to the Championship Week edition of the Eyes on Big Podcast. Yeah. Your number one growing, maybe not number one on iTunes, but number one in your heart podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt here. How you feeling, Big Kurt? A little tired right now. Yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I have. I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning. As it was is I. 9 o'clock p.m., but uh, things get in the way, which typically is work. But you know what? I am really excited to watch football this weekend. Um, and I'm. it's not going to be stress-free, or it's going to be a stress-free weekend. Yeah, because finally. Because my team's not playing. Although I wish you know my team was playing in the Big Ten Championship. But it's not. But you know what? There's, there's something good that comes out of anything. And I can just gamble and drink and watch away, and it's fine. Not be worried about losing, right? I mean, just enjoy the game. Do you think most people share that type of thought process with us, or do you have to be deeply invested and kind of odd to feel that way? No, I don't know. You don't have to be deeply invested, do you, to, to enjoy the game? Well, I'm talking like deeply invested enough that you're stressed out, and then when you remove that oh. stress, it's kind of a good thing. I don't, I don't know where I'm at in the college football world as far as fandom. I think most people get pretty stressed out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we're okay with that. Um, I don't know that I'm okay with it, but it happens. I'm I'm feeling good. I've had four good days of work. I've had four fingers of bourbon. I'm feeling pretty good right now, so I'm just gonna enjoy this uh, podcast and recording it. And we got kind of a special podcast. Well, yeah, this is the first. Um, it's a little more intensive week for the Greek and myself as we had to do two interviews this week. Yeah, I was pretty excited about both of them. So. That we've got that coming up later in this uh, episode. So we'll we'll get to that in a little bit, but we got uh, two insiders for Northwestern and Ohio State. Yeah. So congratulations, listeners! You're actually going to get some good content for once instead yeah, of the and, crap we usually um, put out. <laughs> it, we, we this is our first time doing it, so if if the sound quality is not great, yes, I apologize, but. We'd- it's our first shot. This this is a uh, low budget uh, situation we got going on here in the uh, downstairs athletic club. So yes. bear with us through the interviews. But uh, okay, first off, let's go ahead and get into the final rankings of the of the Big At Ten least conference regular season right, final right, rankings. Season. Okay, Big Ten rankings, power rankings here. Start at the bottom as usual. The bottom tier is number fourteen Rutgers, number thirteen Illinois. Any complaints? Yes, I there. think the bottom tier should just be called the Rutgers tier. Okay. Uh, and so should, should be, Illinois? It should be, yes, Illinois should have. The Illinois tier. There should, well, no, Rutgers is a special tier okay. in and of its own. It it should be, that tier should be located in Piscataway. It is his own thing. Why? Right. Because Rutgers won one game yes. over an awful Texas really bad team. state game t- team. Illinois won four. And, and two conference and games, the he- and two conference games, and beat the heck out of uh, Rutgers, that Rutgers team. That team. Okay. okay, next here, number twelve, Nebraska, eleven, Indiana, huh? Mm-hmm. Ten, Maryland, nine, Minnesota, <laughs> and eight, Purdue. Yeah. How do you feel about Minnesota and Purdue there? I think the weirdest one to me is probably actually Nebraska. You, it's tough with Nebraska because again, they won for games but, but if you're taking the season as a whole yeah. that's probably where they deserve to be and i would say they definitely had things to point to for uh excitement but their yeah. four wins were over illinois a hobbled minnesota mm-hmm. a hobbled michigan state and bethune cookman so maybe yeah that 12 is 12 is just where you wind up with four wins Alrighty, moving up to the next tier at seven is michigan state six wisconsin five iowa 
for Penn State. Sure. Yeah. Does all make sense. All right, and of course the top tier at three is Northwestern, two Michigan, one Ohio State. Yeah, I think that's that's it. All I right. don't know how much you would really move those around, how anybody could. All right. Well, yeah. that's the end of the regular season power rankings. Okay, and then let's move on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. All right, housekeeping, starting as always with injuries. Only have two teams to talk about this mm-hmm. week. So we're going to go a little deeper in depth for injuries. Uh, the Northwestern secondary has been banged up quite a bit here. We have safety, Jared McGee, cornerback, Montre Hardage, defensive back, Trey Williams, all are expected to play. Flynn Nagel is listed as questionable, but as we're going to find out later in this episode, he's probably going to play as well. Another defensive back, Greg Newsom, he's a freshman, He's been out for a long time. He's expected to play this game as well. So great news for Northwestern fans there. Ohio State offensive lineman Demetrius Knox is out for this game. Yes. And we will get to that later as well. We'll find out who his replacement is. Other housekeeping, Jeff Brom stays at Purdue, does not go to Louisville. At the 11th hour, decides to stay at Purdue, gets a hefty raise up to $6 million a year, and is now the ninth highest paid coach in the country. Listen, I think he's a good coach. I don't think there's any real debate on that. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Um, as a head coach at Power 5, he is 13 and 12 currently. Correct. Um, now, not all 13 and 12s no, sir. are the same. This is a better 13 and 12. Yes, but the, uh, the overarching expectations – that are on the Jeff Brome tenure now have yeah. changed. Yes, they have. That's what happens when you sign a gigantic uh, contract increase. He's going to ex- be expected to win big now. <laughs> I mean, a little bit more pressure. Everybody is susceptible to pressure in situations True. like that. True. I'm still not convinced he's there for the long haul. The one thing that I know you brought up to me earlier this week, because sometimes Big Kurt and I actually just talk and we don't world. record, <laughs> believe it or not. And one thing that we talked about was, you know, Louisville's gone. That's done. I think yeah. that's official. Louisville probably find a new head coach in the next 10 and days or so. And I think it's so. kind of a good decision on his part. Yeah, and, and from what I could kind of read through the tea leaves, which, of course, is just, you know, reading through junk on Twitter, um, Louisville wanted him, and yep. there was interest both ways. Yep. But I think Jeff Brown basically said, if you want me, pony up yeah. and pony up for a long, long contract – because you have dug this football program into such a crap hole. Right. It's going to take me forever to to get out of it. And I just don't think Louisville either wanted to or, or just flat out had the money to do so. That might be the case. Maybe they didn't have the money. But from from Brahms' perspective, you've, you've got a good thing going. You've got the foundation built, right? Why would you go take a big step back and start from ground zero again to build up Louisville? I... I Turn this into a sales thing. We're both sales guys by nature. It takes work. And ironically, it's usually like two years of yeah. work to get a sales territory up and running. You right. start getting it. Yeah, you, you could maybe look at a different company, a different job, but then you got to go right back into the same situation and do the same work. I bet it's kind of the same thing for these I would coaches think so. a little bit, yeah. don't you think? I mean, he's got to be proud of what he's done at Purdue. Yeah. And so now he wants to reap the benefits of that. And he's bringing in a killer recruiting class. So right. it's only going to get better. And then maybe in the sales comparison of the coaching thing, maybe Rondale Moore is like a really hot customer service girl that he okay. gets to work okay. with. 
a lot. <laughs> right, he's like, you I, know, I see where you're going there. I don't really want to leave yeah. that. I don't know, something like that. I still think he's going to be waiting for the next blue blood opportunity, though. And that was the other thing we talked so about. Why, so, why could, step it, the, so, right, it could be blue blood or it could be NFL. Or it could be NFL. That's a good point. But why take that step back if your plan is to go blue blood, right? Yeah. That, that, that sets stay you behind at, the curve. It stay at behind. Purdue. Stay at Purdue right. and see what you got going. Yeah, we're, we're, we're awful. If any Purdue fans are like, hey, look. We just got through the abyss. We re-signed our coach. Now you're already come up with conspiracy theories on how he can go to a blue blood or the NFL. Sorry, Purdue fans. But it's reality. It's reality. It is reality. It's probably going to happen. But, but I mean, there is a chance he stays, but I I just don't see it happening. It's still back into an all or nothing thing because if he goes 10-2 and two next year and he turns Purdue into this consistent winner type of deal, it, that's what I'm saying. It's all or nothing. If he goes... I don't know, seven and five or six and six or something right. like that again, then it's he okay. He may not He's, get that blue blood opportunity then. Well, or maybe it's not such a good situation that he believes he's making in Purdue that he does well, not get a blue okay. blood activity. All right. Or opportunity, stuff we've, like that. We've gone a little. Um, I've got my own uh, housekeeping. Uh, let's item. hear it. What do you got? Scores and odds. Yeah. Redid their webpage, and it's just gorgeous. Well, it, it is. It, I don't know what took them this long. And right. we should probably let the listeners know that's where we get our lines from. Yes. Scores and odds. Yeah. So let's give a little plug to scores and odds. Good job, scores and odds. Yeah. Right. We're very, very, we're very happy with what you do. Up to up to speed type of stuff. All right. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. So basically, uh, the format that we're doing today is uh, less talky talky from uh, Big Kurt and Jeffrey the Greek. So first up is our coming uh, becoming a very good friend of ours, Tim. Chappy Chapman um, was nice enough to to join us in an interview, so we will go ahead and segue into that interview right now. Well, before we do that, I just want to point out that he writes for the Wildcat Report, which is the rival site for Northwestern football. So every every Power Five team has their own rival site. He does all the pregame analysis, postgame analysis for them. Goes very in depth. Does a great job. So let's hear from Chappy. Here we go. All right, we have. Chapman from Wildcat Report on the line here. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's an honor to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to the Northwestern football program and the Big Ten in general. All right. Well, um, I've been a, a football person my whole life. Played, uh, sadly, just up until high school, but got into the coaching ranks uh, once I joined the professional world as a teacher and coach, uh, have done some football writing on the side. And um, my connection with Northwestern really has been I, I got to be a fan after that 95 season when they shocked the Big Ten world, went to the Rose Bowl, went undefeated in the conference, and um, have kind of just followed them ever since. And ironically, I actually was a Penn State fan before that. And when they beat the Nittany Lions in 95, that kind of swung me. And then, of course, there are some other things that happened that uh, made me fall off a little bit later on. I don't know if you guys heard about that. But um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I kind of liked Pat Fitzgerald's quote recently where he said that they're a, a white-collar school with a blue-collar mentality. And, and that blue-collar mentality is something that's always struck with me. And um, so it's just been a, a joy to cover this year. Well, that's a great story. In fact, I remember being at Memorial Stadium and watching those very Wildcats in 95 beat my Illini in a very close game. All right. So then how did you get started with the Wildcat Report? 
Well, I um, I reached out to Louis Vacare, who is the uh, moderator for the site, and told him that I had a passion for Wildcat football and, you know, on my own doing research and kind of just putting things on the message boards and getting into Twitter, I said, why don't I turn this into something practical? And he said that that would probably be a good fit. And so we ran a couple articles, and um, it happened to, to marry nicely. Um, so, you know, that's that's where we're at now. Well, for all the Wildcat fans out there, I can tell them that I am a premium subscriber to Rivals, and you don't really get content like Tim Chapman provides on other Rivals sites. So if you're a Wildcat fan, definitely recommend given uh, Tim a read and considering the premium membership. So, Tim, how surprised are you personally the Wildcats are 8-4 and four, and more so that they won the Big Ten West? I will tell you that I'm, I'm not so surprised that they're 8-4, and four, but I am surprised that they won the West in the way that they did this year. Um, obviously, after their 1-3 uh, and three start, and really after it was 1-2 and two when they really wet the bet against Akron and they had Michigan coming in the next week, and they lost their top rusher for the year for his career. Um, it wasn't looking good for the hopes, but, you know, in the back of many Wildcat minds, it was, okay, well, we've got Pat Fitzgerald at the helm, and he always has a way of taking what he's got and turning it into gold. And so, you know, from that aspect, I'm not completely surprised, but I think I, I'm more surprised at how they beat the teams that they beat this year to, to win the West. Yeah, I just like I, I just like to point out that I I did uh, pick Northwestern eight and four at the beginning of the year, um, and then the other thing I would say is every year Northwestern seems to have a rough September and then they rebound, but I thought this September was especially rough. So to yep. me, this was an especially huge rebound for Fitzgerald. Absolutely, and. Um, you know, going back two years ago when they lost to Illinois State at home, you know, people thought that that was kind of a low point. Um, but that team at that time didn't really have the setup that this team was looking to have this year. So when they lost to Akron, I think that that was an even lower point. And then, again, you know, you lose Jeremy Larkin, and it's like, okay, we really gonna, are going to have to uh, earn it from here on out, and, and they sure did. So, Chappie, will you be driving down to Indy for the game on Saturday? Uh, sore subject. Unfortunately, no. The circumstances uh, won't allow me to get there, but I can tell you that I will be shut off to the world from about 7.30 Eastern time until uh, hopefully the, the Wildcats hoist that Big Ten championship trophy on Saturday night. And hopefully with a beverage in your hand while uh, watching. One or two, maybe. Sure. <laughs> so um, what's the level in general of the Northwestern fans right now? What's their excitement level like? I can't remember it being this high. Uh, obviously, I was just a, a ninth grader when they won the Rose Bowl, and or I'm uh, sorry, when they went to the Rose Bowl in '95. So I didn't have as close of a tie there. But everything I hear is that uh, you know that was the peak. This is probably about the, as close to that as you can get. Uh, just a lot of optimism and a lot of um, almost that feeling of finally, you know, we deserve this maybe more than any other Big Ten team right now because of the work that's been put in uh, with maybe the less resources than some of the other Blue Bloods might have. And wow, I saw Cappy's that something a, like... Cappy, Cappy's a young man, Kurt. We're older yeah, than everybody these days. 
but, but to speak to your point from uh, last week's podcast, uh, I'm at that point, though, where it's still hard for me to recover, and I'm not as, quote-unquote, fit as I used to be, Kurt. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm there with you, brother. <laughs> That's all of us, everybody. Um, going off that last question, I saw that something like 40% of the undergrad student body will be at the game. Is that right? Yeah, and, and what they did I thought was uh, unbelievable. The school basically put out and said, if uh, if you sign up to go, we'll find tickets for you, and we will bus you there because we want purple in the stands. And I think within 48 hours, they sold out all of their allotment of tickets. And, and yeah, I believe it is about 40%. So, I mean, that wow. kind of story is just really cool uh, for that school. And, you know, I, I can't speak enough about what the job that athletic director Jim Phillips has done and the marketing that that whole university has done and President Morty Shapiro to – really get people on board because um, even with the success that they've had in the uh, 2000s and recently when, when Fitz has really caught fire, there still hasn't been that fan base. And I think that's the one, yeah. that's the next step that uh, Fitz really wants to get is is the student body there for the games. Well, I can remember before 95, tickets were always free for students. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the Northwestern secondary has been banged up. Flynn Nagel has been banged up. How do they look for this game? Well, when, when Fitz was asked that question, he just gave a shoulder shrug, which typically means that things are the way he wants them to be. Um, okay. by, by most reports, Nagel will be healthy, Montre Hardage will be healthy, and, and in fact, those guys probably could have played against Illinois, but the, the site being a Big Ten championship, and uh, not to besmirch Illinois at all, um, but I think, you know, with the game, pretty much in control for Northwestern. They, they could afford to keep those guys out and, you know, rest them up and keep them healthy. But the word is that all the guys that are were out in the secondary should be back, even Greg Newsom, who's been out since uh, the Michigan game. So, yeah. Good to hear. Um, yeah. yeah, Fitz, Fitz thought he had the guys in the game that he needed to win the game. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, that was he a great quote. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, it was probably a good choice holding those guys out. But, um Nationally, not a whole lot of people are giving Northwestern much of a chance in this game. So right. what hap- has to happen for them to get it done? Describe what a Northwestern victory would look like. Well, first of all, they are going to have to go in uh, like they have all year and, and not flinch. I think Ohio State's going to come in expecting to throw their swagger around, throw their name around, and, and kind of just play the card of, oh, well, good for Northwestern. We'll pat them on the back, but then we're going to go and dust them off. And Northwestern's got to go in and, and hit him right in the mouth right away. Clayton Thorson has to return to the form that he had against Michigan State and Nebraska, and he's going to have to put up yardage. I think um, they're going to have to go toe-to-toe with that offense, and if they can keep pace and, and score, I think Northwestern has the best shot in that scenario. Okay. So um, statistically speaking, on paper, this team has not really performed like a Big Ten West champion. Right. Well, you had mentioned, you had alluded to Fitz and his coaching style. What is it about his coaching style that leads to such disciplined play? And how is it that Northwestern just regularly pulls victory out of the jaws of defeat? Well, he knows what he's getting. And you could say this about a lot of programs, but I think it's especially true with Northwestern. They recruit specific people and specific character as opposed to um, chasing after stars and chasing after uh, media billings. And so when he brings these guys in, he knows that they're guys who are going to be disciplined, who are going to be coachable, 
and he's he's very upfront and honest with them, and I think this resonates with his players. And he kind of tells them, you know, look, um, you're going to be going against guys that uh, on paper people are going to say are better than you. Um, they're going to be faster. They're going to be stronger. But those things don't always translate into victories. And I think, um, you know, they really have a belief in what he's doing. It's I don't want to call it cult-like uh, because I think that has negative connotations. But, you know, his players really are drinking what he's uh, pouring. And um, it's been working. And so, you know, the second part of your question about – snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, um, I think it's just kind of that constant. He, he never looks like um, he's given up on his team. And uh, you can't really say that about a lot of coaches or about a lot of programs, and I think that kind of uh, holds true. And I think their style of game, too. They they will dink and dunk, and they will play just enough to win, and, and they'll probably never be a team that you're going to look at and say, wow, they – they went and put uh, foot to the throat to take one of your terms, guys, um, on teams. They just do enough to win, and he's fine with that. Great. But I feel like I feel like that's been Northwestern's mantra for you know ten years now. It's yeah. it's it's all of that on steroids this year. Um, yeah. The I mean I I have seen I and unfortunately being an Iowa fan I've been on the other receiving end of you know, times like that where you thought Northwestern was done for the season, you thought Northwestern was done for the game, and they pull it out. But it's been incredible because it's been almost every single game. Every yeah. single game has been a game that they could have won or could have lost, and, you know, obviously eight times as opposed to four they they won it. Right. When this is all said and done, this, is, this one's going to stand apart in my mind. For, and it's not just the Big Ten West title. It's 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 just how many times they use the same unbelievable strip to pull it out. It's it's been insane. Yeah, and I uh, you know I, I think back to that tweet that the um, that Nebraska fan sent out last week and said that Scott Frost did the most with the least this year. And <laughs> almost immediately, I think I dropped my phone because you know you look at what this did and it's like okay. Um, one and three after four games, uh, and you go down the roster. Nebraska, I think, clearly has more on-paper talent than the Wildcats do, but it was a matter of doing more with what you have, and, and Fitz certainly did that, and I think he's completely deserving of that Coach of the Year honor. Yeah, yeah once, the, once the adults got to get in the room and make a decision, it was obviously <laughs> a, a no-brainer that it was going to be Fitz. Yep, okay. that's right. Uh, Chaffee, one last question for you. What's your prediction for the game? Um, this is, uh, you know, this is going to sound Homer-ish, but, you know, I... I Homer away, man! Homer away! That's Uh, that's what we're looking for. It's, I kind of thought about, you know, a week uh, away from Thanksgiving, I I use this analogy. I think Ohio State stuffed themselves with the the delicious rivalry (laughs) victory. They ate all the turkey they could, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, and they forgot about dessert. So now... While everybody else is going to be enjoying dessert, they're sitting there still a little bit stuffed and still a little bit uh, put off from what they ate. And, and I think that's going to come back to them. And, you know, like I said, as long as Northwestern can keep pace and score with them, I like the Wildcats 31-26. Uh, All right. That sounds like um, a, a Jeffrey for... analogy. <laughs> I'm, ready for, I'm ready for football and to eat right now if you're listening to that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we got for you, Chappie. So we appreciate you joining us on Eyes on Big Podcast.
Thanks a lot, guys. Love listening, and uh, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Chappie. All right, boys. Thanks a lot, Chappie. That was awesome. Okay, so after that, that's the Northwestern Wildcat uh, recap, obviously. So then we move into more of the Ohio State side, and for that we have Jared with at College Football Overtime, and on Twitter that is at CFB underscore overtime. Big Kurt and I both follow him. He does a great job. Yep, he covers all things college football, not just Big Ten, but he has – you know, very good knowledge of Ohio State specifically. All right, here's Jared. Hello, Jared, and welcome to the Eyes on Big podcast. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, pleasure for us as well. So why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your Twitter handle, College Football Overtime. All right, well, uh, I am the runner of the account on Twitter, at CFB Overtime, that's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, uh, I grew up in Ohio. I've uh, gone to plenty of games, and I'm a uh, analyst at college football. So uh, that's basically what uh, that's my passion, and that's uh, my hobby. So uh, sounds I'm good. Well, yep. Great. So before the season, many people, myself included, expected Ohio State to steamroll into this Big Ten championship game, but that didn't exactly happen. Why was it such tough sliding at times for the Buckeyes? Right, and that's been the biggest question surrounding this Ohio State team all year, right? And it's why why haven't we seen them play to their expectations and or their potential? And uh, I think there's two main reasons why we've seen that so far this year. Um, I think one major reason is I think uh, this team's been playing with a lot of inexperience, uh, a lot of young guys playing uh, on their defense, particularly in their secondary. Uh, If you look at their roster – You'll see they'll have six sophomores and uh, two freshmen who are playing a significant amount of rest every week. Okay. So, and and just take a look back and look at the loads of excellent uh, secondary players this Ohio State team has been sending to the NFL over the past few seasons, right? I mean, that, those are some hard players to replace, so eventually, you know, that's going to catch up to you. And I, and I think that this Ohio State squad has just been caught with uh, a couple of young guys that they needed to step up and make some plays for them this year, so. Yeah, that's that's tough to lose. What would the other reason be? Um, the the second thing I wanted to point out would be uh, uh, why they've been underperforming at times is is just a lack of intensity and hype. And uh, one thing I want to point out is that uh, this Ohio State team has been favored in fifty one consecutive games uh, until they played Michigan last week. So so just imagine that and think about what kind of mental state that puts this team in. You know, it's almost as if they they maybe feel that they're a notch above uh, the competition that they're playing. Um, sure. I think it, I think it causes them to play lackadaisical sometimes. Uh, and, and if you look at their roster, um, if you're excluding their last regular season game uh, against Michigan every year, uh, besides maybe the one away game down at Happy Valley this year against Penn State, I mean, what other games have they played that they really had to get up for and feel like they had to play their absolute best, you know what I mean? Sure, that's a good point. So, yep, go ahead. Did you want to continue? Uh, well, uh, that's basically all I had about that. Um, okay. So, Ohio State looked pretty vulnerable towards the end of the season, especially that Maryland game that they won by one point in overtime. What was different about the Michigan game? Uh, I think I think the major difference is just the, the hatred that these two programs have for each other. You know what I mean? I, I really think the rival, rivalry aspect played a big part in – 
in the game. And uh, I think if Mid Ohio State come come out and play with that fire and passion that they've missed in these in the rest of their games this season, and it and it pushed them to play to their full def, uh, potential. I mean, this Ohio State team individually, they're loaded with talent, right? And I think we just saw these players finally click and play as a unit and just play uh, up to the level that they're capable of playing at. And when it comes down to it, I think the Ohio State team had more talent, and it just took them being able to play up to their potential that uh, helped them win that game the way they did against Michigan. Yeah, I agree with that. So which team do you expect to show up, the one that struggled all year or the one that beat Michigan pretty handily? Right, and that's going to be interesting. I personally believe the version of Ohio State we're going to see is the same version that we saw last week against Michigan. Uh, I think Ohio State's finally hit its stride, and uh, I think they're finally playing up to the potential. And when you think about it, Urban Meyer and this Ohio State squad, they know just as well as we do that, that this is their last chance, this is their last opportunity to impress the committee, right? Uh, it's their last opportunity to prove they're one of the four best teams in the in the country. So if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, they're going to have to come out here and play to their full potential and, and make a statement victory against uh, this Northwestern team. So, Yeah, definitely got to impress that committee this week. So Demetrius Knox, the offensive lineman, is out for this game. Can you tell us a little bit about his replacement? Right. Uh, his replacement's name is uh, Malcolm Pridgen, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. He was a four-star uh, offensive lineman coming out of high school. So he's also a transfer. Uh, he's a senior. So uh, hopefully – He'll be able to step in there. Obviously, Ohio State losing a leader on that uh, offensive line, and that's a that's a squad that they've struggled with so far this season. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, hopefully, they'll be able to not miss a beat with him stepping up in there. That's good to hear. So what aspect of this Northwestern team do you think will give the Buckeyes the most problems in this game? Right. Uh, I think it's just the fact that, that Notre Dame's – or not Notre Dame, I'm sorry. Northwestern is a, a very talented team. You know, I think they deserve to be where they are. And, uh, I mean, this Northwestern team is a team that competed with the number three team in the nation earlier this season in Notre Dame, right? So so it's not like Ohio State's going to be coming here and just roll over them. I, I think uh, Northwestern is going to see – they're a 14-point underdog, and I think they're going to come out truly believing they can beat this Ohio State team. I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder, and I think they're going to try to send a message to, uh, to the rest of the nation. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, give us your prediction for the sco- for the for the game, uh, the score uh, and and against the spread. Right. I think uh, Ohio State's going to come out, and I, I think it's going to be interesting because uh, they're sitting at number six right now. Uh, they, obviously, they have Oklahoma sitting in front of them at five and Oklahoma would be playing in their conference championship at 12 o'clock on Saturday. So they're going to come into this game already knowing what happened in that game. They're going to know uh, if if that oh, Oklahoma team is still going to be sitting in front of them or not. So uh, I think Ohio State's going to come in, and I think they're going to – they know they're going to need to come out and make a statement of victory to keep their playoff chances alive. And I think uh, this team's finally hit their stride, and I think the OSU defense is going to be able to create some – create an interception or two, and I'm going to take the points plus seven. I think uh, Ohio State can win by 21 at Notre Dame, or Northwestern. Sorry, you guys. Okay, so if Ohio State does win, and if they do make the college football playoff, and I realize we're getting ahead of ourselves here, do you think they have any chance of beating either Bama or Clemson? Right, and those are two very good teams. Um, I don't know that I would say I think they would beat them, but I do think they can at least hang with these teams. Uh, 
if they play up to their potential. I mean, look at Ohio State individually. Their talent-wise, talent, talent wise, they, they match up with everybody in the country, I think. So it's really just been an experience and the inability to play with intensity that's held them back so far. So I think if this defense uh, steps up and they can play well, then I think they can hang with anyone in the country. Great. Well, Jared, that concludes the interview. Uh, we really appreciate you joining the Eyes on Big podcast. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, hopefully we can look forward to maybe teaming up again and talking about something else. Sounds great. Thanks, Jared. Yep, thank you. All right, so that gets us into the uh, final little part of the podcast here. Of course, we only got one team to talk, or excuse me, one game to talk about, the Number 21, Northwestern Wildcats at, I put that in parentheses because they they have the away jerseys, Northwestern, and the home jerseys will be number six, the Ohio State Buckeyes. This is on Fox. The game is at 7 o'clock p.m. The line is favored, uh, Ohio State is favored by 14 and a half, and the over-under is 61 you got a little yards per play action? I do. Yards per play for Ohio State, a positive 0.85. For Northwestern, a negative 0.81. Almost mirror images. <laughs> That's insane. I, so um, so we heard from both uh, Chappie and Jared. Good stuff. These are kind of our independent thoughts yep. after that, but certainly I listen to them a lot. Um, this reminds me a little bit of the Michigan State-Nebraska game. And essentially, yeah, okay, where am I going okay. with that? Yeah, where I'm going with it is two completely different styled teams. Sure. Um, by the time Michigan State rolled into Nebraska, they were still had that good defense, but their offense was challenged. That uh, Playing that role this week would be Northwestern. On the other side of it, yeah, not a lot of defense, but a right. ton of scoring. That's obviously Ohio State. And the whole point of me bringing that up is, I wondered about that game. Is this going to, quote-unquote, feel like a Nebraska game or feel like a yeah. Michigan State game? So that's where my comparison is. Is this going to feel like a Northwestern game or an Ohio State game? Well, I guess that's the ultimate question. Huh? I, I'm Personally, I'm leaning towards it feeling like a Northwestern game. Um, they are the underdogs here. They love that role, right? So they usually play up to their competition but not a high-scoring team. It's not like they're going to win this one scoring 42 points, right? Watch it. They're going to win this game scoring 42 points. So um, they're, they're getting an Ohio State team that looks hot right now, right? Great win, but that was just one win. Before that... They barely sneaked it out over Maryland. Yeah, so I, I, th- I don't want... I think people are probably getting a little too cocky on Ohio State right now, just you know, thinking that they're going to wipe the floor with Northwestern right now. I think Northwestern's going to give them a fight. And we're humans, just like people on the uh, committee are humans. And we are uh, we're susceptible to things that have happened in the past, just 2014 to present day, which is essentially sure. Ohio State gets hot. Um, I think a lot of people can just picture a Big Ten championship, unfortunately for Wisconsin fans. That's typically the Wisconsin Ohio State Big Ten Championship mm-hmm. game, where Ohio State just you know kind of mopped the floor with the Badgers because they caught him at a horrible time. Um, I don't think that's what we have here. No. I think Chappie brought up really good points in the fact that maybe Northwestern 
is getting Ohio State at the right time. Um, the sandwich games, the letdown games, all that type of stuff that can happen after you play such a huge game, which obviously Ohio State-Michigan is, I do think that plays into this. Now, don't get me wrong. This is the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. You're expected to get up for the Big Ten Championship, but maybe that's one of the negative things for Ohio State, and if Michigan ever got to the Big Ten Championship too, that's the n- next game you have to play after the biggest rivalry in college football. Well, I think uh, the way that Ohio State plays, and this is uh, what Jared brought up, I thought it was an important point, depends what's going to happen early in the in the day, right? Because Bama and Georgia takes place early in the day. Texas and Oklahoma takes place early in the day. If Bama and Texas both win, then Ohio State can pretty much coast. All they got to do is win the game, win right? Win the game. Now, let's say OU wins. They got to win this game big. Correct. Right? So Correct. we could see a different team depending on what happens earlier in the day. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so that's all the kind of, um, you know, out of the huddle type of stuff. So in the huddle type of stuff, what we most recently saw was Ohio State just just running crazy versus Michigan. Now, don't forget they gave up 39 points, though. They did. They did. Um it was a it was a dirty thirty nine. Yeah, points. I guess it probably was. Um, but what what the issue with Don Brown's defense is that it it just does not get sure. out of man. Right. They're going to be stuck in man all the time. And they didn't even care they were getting beat. They no, stayed in it because that's what we do and that's who right. we are. Um, so then Paris Campbell, KJ Hill, Terry McLaren. I mean, those type of wide receivers. <laughs> you have to have a very special defensive line and cornerbacks by the way i thought michigan they do have a very special defensive line and cornerbacks they couldn't keep up with it but we're not looking at that here with northwestern they are going to be in a very dialed in zone yep they aren't going to leave you all kinds of pockets to to run through um they do have a better secondary more healthy secondary is what i should say slightly healthy now yep those are mostly the reasons along with the, you know, out of the huddle, you know, type of, of stuff, the intangibles, you might say. All that stuff favors Northwestern. That is what brings this to me to look like a Northwestern type of game. Yeah, but then on the other side of it, you're playing on a fast track, right? Yep. Northwestern is used to playing in that on that field, Ryan Field, that looks like, you know, you're wading through the northern plains. Um this is going to be much different playing surface. And with the speed that Ohio State has, I could see him gashing Northwestern. Okay. where I th- that That is a very good point. To flip it back around more, because we basically just talked about Ohio State's offense versus Northwestern's defense. Northwestern's offense versus Ohio State's defense. So Northwestern is not a big play offense, right? They're not a big play offense. They're not a big scoring offense they're not a big but they yardage started offense. running the ball pretty well yeah was isaiah bowser definitely deserves credit um i am remaining skeptical with this okay right now um i'm also remaining skeptical i i i love i love the heart of uh northwestern's wide receivers flynn nagel bennett skoranek i mean they deserve all the credit oh, yeah. in the world for um i don't know Effort and and route running and, and hands and everything like that. Yeah. But if your quarterback can't get the ball 
off because people like Draymond Jones and Malik sure. Harrison are hanging all over your uh, uh, ankles and r- right in your face. Now, long story short, I think I'm kind of you know showing what I'm showing here. I'm not sure where the points are going to come from for Northwestern. At the same time, I like Northwestern's D-line versus Ohio State's offensive line. I think that's an opportunity for Northwestern, especially with Demetrius Knox out. Feisty defensive line, an offensive line from Ohio State that has been shaky at times this year. Played great last week, but that was just one week. Okay, so this is a tough one for me for the line. What I love... I'm going to keep going here a couple times. I love the under. I do too. Okay. What what is this thing doing at 61? I don't know. I was hoping it would be around 56. Yeah. Yeah. And it's five points higher than what I thought it would be because I think it should be like 52. Okay. That's where I would put it. Uh, my myself. guess was going to be more like fifty-six. Okay, that's well, where okay, I thought. Okay, but it was that was be. my. I thought it would be fifty-six, but it should be fifty-two. It's sixty-one. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I really like. Now the actual line and winner of the game. We got to obviously pick a winner and be clear about it. You well, go ahead. I do think it's going to be a Northwestern-looking game. I don't think they can win this game. I think there's just going to be outclassed in terms of sheer speed. So I like Ohio State to win, but I do like Northwestern to cover. Okay. Um, the line is right on where I think it's going to be. What I have in my head is literally like 27 to 13. Wow. That's what I think it's going to be. That like. It's low. going to look okay. quite a bit like that. Maybe – you know, a 30 to 14 type of deal. So sorry, Chappie. I, I got to choose one way or the other. I, I just don't see a backdoor cover for Northwestern. I think it's got to be their, their type of game the whole way through. I think there's a better chance of a front door cover, as they say, where North or uh, Ohio state just scores a late touchdown where it doesn't really mean anything, but it just pushes it over sure. the, the, the line. Okay. Okay. So let's do a little. Uh, we we we've been tracking this one for a while now. In Northwestern games, the underdog is now twelve zero and one against the spread. Insane! It's totally amazing. And yeah. by the way, one uh, housekeeping item we could have uh, added is uh, Pat Fitzgerald obviously deserved to be Big Ten Coach of the Year. He won oh, Big Ten Coach yeah. of the Year. We did not get into all of the uh, Big Ten winners because, I mean, we're not going to run through all the entire, you know, first, second, and third team offense and defense. But I think that's one we can point out right there. Yeah, for sure. He deserves it. Okay. All right, so that gets us through the one Big Ten game we got. We'll just kind of go through a couple other games. Um, let me ask you this right now. Uh, how much are the other games you're going to watch? Because I know you've been kind of uh, – we're in Christmas, the Grinch, when it comes to non No, I'm going to watch games. some of the other games. I'm okay. looking forward to them, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the one day where you, you watch a bunch of games. Um, didn't really dig into this one a whole bunch, but uh, for my for my buddy uh, uh, Josh, number 17, Utah, versus uh, number 11, Washington, 7 o'clock p.m. on Fox on Friday night. What do you think there? Mm, Friday night, huh? Yeah. What's the spread on that one? I do not know. I forgot to look. I like Washington in it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I think Utah's very good team. Deserves a lot of credit. I think this will probably be a low-scoring game. They both have two pretty good defenses, but I think Washington would pull that out. Uh, one of the 11 o'clock games, or first 11 o'clock big game, is number 14 Texas versus number 5 Oklahoma. That's 11 o'clock a.m. on ABC. Oklahoma favored by 7. I, I like uh, Oklahoma in the track meet, but I like Texas to cover. Really? Yeah. So you think it? So 
what would be the score in your head that you would picture? Uh, 41-37. Okay, so a lot of points yeah. in the game because yeah. it's Oklahoma's right. defense. Yeah, something like that. Yep. I think this is stupid. I should put no faith in anything that Oklahoma does to stop them defensively, which is their defense would probably have to make some sort of plays to cover the seven, you would think. Right. I don't know why I have faith in that to happen, but I would picture I, would, I think Oklahoma will cover the seven. Another huge game in Jack Trice Field. The Drake Bulldogs <laughs> the Drake at Bulldogs. Iowa State, 11 o'clock a.m., not on TV. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, really? I, I did see an offshore account. Yeah. What do you think, what do you think the, the line was oh, for God. this game? Uh, it's got to be, what, 30? 46.5. Whoa, no way. I'd take Drake, man. Holy I'm gonna, cr- I'm take, I would take Drake, I'm too. I'm going to take the Bulldogs. Yeah. And I'm telling you right, uh, last time they met was 1984. Wow. Guess who won that game? Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you bringing that up, Drake? This is a Big Ten show. I don't know how that wound its way into my podcast. (laughs) Our podcast. Our podcast. I I didn't mean it like that. I just meant. Um, Okay. What else do we got here? We have got, okay, 3 o'clock p.m. on CBS, number one, Alabama versus number four, Georgia. This is a 13-point spread Ooh. for Bama. Wow, I like Bama coasting in this game, but I can see uh, I can see a Georgia cover, though. Wait. Like a backdoor cover. A backdoor cover. Yeah. I love Georgia. Everything about this. Really? Okay. Make yourself some money out there and take Georgia with the points. Now, I will say there is a little bit of potential reverse gambling psychology. Is that a thing? Yeah. Did I just make up sure. a term? Um, I want Alabama to win this game so bad to oh, yeah. lock out two SEC teams being in the college football playoff that I think I'm going to put an uncomfortable amount of my money <laughs> on Georgia <laughs> okay. because I'm a winner because, either way. Sure. In that situation. I, I see where you're going. How do that. you feel about that mentality? I don't know about the uncomfortable part. I wouldn't put that much money on it. Just a little bit of tight. Just put some money sphincter type of yeah, just, feeling when just I'm, to no i'm give some i'm gonna go like game. money line crap i'm going okay i'm going silly in this one uh the other one is a seven o'clock p.m game on abc number two clemson versus not ranked pittsburgh did you see the line in this? i didn't see the line guess the line in this uh i'll go with 17 24.5 mm. oh. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take pittsburgh yeah, right? I think I think I would take Pitt in that. I mean, Clemson doesn't need to blow them no, out. They just they don't need, need to win the game. They just need to show up. I'm gonna I'm and, gonna I'm gonna take the three and a half yeah. touchdowns in, in Pittsburgh. That's a lot. Yeah. That's right. a lot of points. That's it. There's there's a couple other games. You see there's like a crazy uh Stanford's playing Cal. That's a makeup game. That's bonus football. Are you serious? Yeah, they didn't. They, that was the smoky game. They, oh, they, that's right. They got smoked out. I, I'll probably watch that oh, of game. Of course, I that's like, uh, that's two o'clock game. The big game is what they call that one. The, what? That's the big game. Oh. That's, do they play for something? They just play for the big game. Oh, okay. We had this conversation the last podcast, actually. <laughs> we did? Yeah. <laughs> because the game I don't know if I was paying attention is Ohio State-Michigan, Okay. even though that's a new thing. So the real the game is Harvard-Yale. Oh, that's but right. But then the big game is Cal-Stanford. That's just that's, yeah. that's that's not the big game. There's nothing about Stanford-Cal that is the big game. For them, it's a big game. <laughs> I'm talking about the whole rest of the country that follows. So how about some more nuggets on Ohio State Northwestern? Oh, okay. Yeah. All-time series, 61-14 to 14 in favor of Ohio State. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd, 
I thought it would be more drastic in Ohio State. Well, you want to hear something more drastic? Ohio State has won 33 out of the last 35 contests. That's a high percentage. Northwestern, last one in 2004, 33 to 27. 33 out of 35. They have won 94% of the contests. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Out of the last 35. The previous win to 2004 was 1971. Ooh. Yeah. That's tough. I was actually at an Ohio State-Northwestern game once. Yeah? 1998. I lived in Chicago at the time. Number one team in the country is coming through town. I said, there's no way I'm missing this. Okay. So I went to the game, bought tickets that day, brought my girlfriend. She was miserable the whole time. I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) And Ohio State ended up winning 36 to 10. Uh, 36. Who was, do you remember who like the big game changers were for us? Uh, so the Joe Germain was the quarterback. Oh, sure. I don't remember. I couldn't tell you a single player for Northwestern, but I just remember there, there was at one point in the game, it was so glaring the difference in athletes on the field because Germain threw this bomb to the tight end. He was like 50 yards downfield. This little defensive back for Northwestern played the ball great, but he just reached up over his head gr- plucked the ball out of his hands and caught it for a touchdown it was incredible a la 10 year old me playing nerf basketball versus my 14 year old brother. that's exactly what it looked like things like yeah that. that's what it feels like yeah, yeah. All right. that, that was a john cooper coached ohio state team too man john cooper knew how to beat the tar out of everybody yeah except, except for, for michigan. michigan yeah that and was, it got him fired that was the tough part for him poor johnny yep anything else man I'm done, man. Okay. Hey. I'm going to bed. Everybody. Yeah, me too. Um, That's the end of the, well, regular season. The regular season was already over last week. This is the championship season. We'll we'll have a couple bowl editions. Yeah. A couple special episodes coming up. We're going to put pen to paper over the weekend here so that after this Big Ten Championships game over, we'll, I guess, maybe do a quick little recap on things or we'll figure out something to do pretty quick and then we'll, we'll put together. We won't know the full bull structure until later on Sunday. So right. maybe it'll be, if I'm, if I'm, I'm kind of talking through this, we could maybe do we'll a just bowl have edition one, next one week. podcast in the middle of the week. Next week, we'll, we'll recap the big 10 championship and then we'll start getting into the bulls. Yeah, that's a good bit, idea. Something like that. Sure. Okay. All right. I like it. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. This is big Kurt. All right. We really appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.